Hello, my name is Robert Higgins. And I'm Kay Texford. And this is episode 42. 42. Woo, the number. Uh, I know, I know. Um, this is the Douglas Adams <laughs> episode of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting from all of its forms, from the perspective of writers just like you. This week, we are continuing our foray, our foray into sharpening our skills on the page. And we've got some cool things on the docket, including a guest, uh, Michael DiBiazzo or Ornelas. Am I saying that wrong? I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, no, it's pretty, pretty targeted. Okay. DiBiazzo Ornelas. Okay. DiBiazzo Ornelas, yeah. DiBiazzo Ornelas. Okay. Uh, filmmaker, screenwriter, screenwriter uh, dad, cool guy, and friend of mine uh, who joins us this week to help and also to tell us about some of his recent successes. But before we get to all of that, we must, as always, discuss what is screenwriting Twitter fighting slash talking about this week. Um, starting with the news that uh, everybody James, was talking about, James Conn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rest in peace. You know, um, it was it was interesting because when I first was like, wait, is that information real? Apparently, like people couldn't decide at first. Like there was a death skit, like a celebrity hoax death a while back and so like like uh it was hard to confirm if the man was alive or dead for a second but on twitter uh made it reality yeah um i remember um another sort of uh betty white god rest her uh, i remember the like they were you know there's that thing where someone who's you know getting up there in age they start trending and they're like oh my god are they dead and then you know like people are always like no 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 it's it's, it's okay somebody's just made a really cool meme but and i think this was one of those things where people were just like nah, i don't is it oh you know, it's definitely a thing um i love james con as an actor um you know misery of course uh just an amazing movie um but i will always sort of remember him um and i don't know if this is i don't know if well, anyway, I always remember him as, like, the only person who could just stand, who stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Arnold Schwarzenegger when they had absolutely no right to do so in Eraser. Um, there's no way on God's green earth that James Cann should have been, like, any kind of threat to that man in any way, shape, or form. But he just had such charisma. We just kind of accepted James Conn versus Arnold Schwarzenegger was like a fight that would have lasted any longer than two seconds. Um, <laughs> he's just Absolutely. that good as an actor. Um, or he was that good as an actor. I was going to say, uh, and just, you know, it's funny as we were going through Twitter, like what a fucking repertoire. Like mm -hmm. every time, you know, people are like, Godfather actor. I was like, Godfather actor. Like, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. But like, yeah. isn't everything yeah he is um one of the most you know that's got to be a, a record for the most squibs or something they you know like released on person because sunny gets shot in that movie and just they just go to town on sunny yes. um they really really uh they don't uh yeah that was up. visceral yeah <laughs> that was thing that as a kid and just be like oh my god because um, you know it's one of those those inappropriate movies that my parents let me watch is like yeah we'll sit down and watch the godfather and you, when sunny goes man like, it, you uh, know to be fair i guess it will teach you as a kid like never join like a mafia family like maybe skip it 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe your parents were like, we're going to teach you a lesson, Rob. Like you are on the East Coast. Atlantic City is not too far away. We just we just want to make sure you don't get tangled in with the wrong sort. You know, well, it just when, 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 when Michael like takes his revenge at the end, you know what I mean? You're just kind of like these people had it coming. Like they had it coming for Sonny. Because um, that he just did, Sonny didn't deserve that. He just did not deserve that shit. Um, but anyway, so you just, you know, uh, rest in peace, James Conn. What a talent, an amazing career, and he will definitely be missed. Um, the other thing that people seem to be like uh, posting, uh, Screencraft finalists. Um, yes, congratulations to everybody. Lots to of everybody. Yeah. people posting and um, making it uh, further along in the race. I think this is kind of like... Um, the beginning, really, of uh, the finalist and, you know, announcement Oh, yeah, it's season. like, uh, yeah, screenwriting contest. Yeah, screenwriting season. Right Everybody before. submitted in May. Now results are coming through. Nickel will be end of July. Uh, script Pipeline's happening soon. Uh, Austin happens later, like in September, I think. Yeah. Just go out. But Big like break next... is, about, is uh, finishing up yeah. right now. So we're, we're about to get on screenwriting Twitter and elsewhere on the world a bunch of either very happy posts or people who are bummed um and you know i think this is kind of like one of the first ones to kind of like announce the big season of, yeah, it's uh, like the may season of screenwriting contests you know what i mean like that, yes you know, yes all the may movies that are or all the may contests uh right. literally that you know finished up that, now, do like, either of you have a, a script in any contest right now should we be wishing you good luck no you know how I yeah. That contest. <clears throat> yeah i i I mostly bowed out from all of them. Every every once in a while, I'll send something to Nickel. I might send something to Nickel this year, but I don't even know if I'm going to have time to get the script to where I would know I would need to be before yeah. doing that. I'll try. I was thinking about that yesterday, but that's that's pretty much the only one Absolutely. I'll do these days. Yeah. I, I, uh, I submitted to Outfest. They have a, a screenwriting lab, but that's about it in the contest world for me. Um, as well yeah, as labs that. are a little, every once in a while, uh, a lab, that's a little different, right? Depending on the project and the niche. Yeah, exactly. You're like, ooh, one-on-one, ooh, um, -on -one, you know, time and people reading my script and I'll be there and we'll exchange ideas. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I have this dichotomy where like all the scripts that I want to submit to festivals or things like that. People always tell me you're too scary. And the ones that people want to buy and do are all like, you know, for uh, directors and producers and stuff like that. And I can't enter them in any contest. So it's like this weird dichotomy where I'm just like, this is just not for me. And I could spend my money elsewhere. So I don't. Um, yeah. Every time, every time I think about, I think about, oh, a contest would be fun. I remember my Austin reader notes from a few <laughs> years back. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think at one point it said that was it's my notes, and this is from a few years ago when I was like maybe no contest. A reader said, "You have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Thanks the way the script is written." That was the exact not thanks, not that that's the way the script, but thanks the way the script is written. And I thought I spent like eighty dollars for that. Mm -hmm. um and so since then i kind of like is that what you want to get out of that because that's what you might get out of that um and i it, it stops me uh it could be worse you could have found out that you don't have a beginning or middle and end uh i think that would have been much more disturbing 
I yeah, mean, this is half a peanut butter sandwich. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a beginning uh, to me because it's got a mystery. Uh, because where's the other half? Um, so anyway, I wanted to add in, this is, you know, I'm singling out one person and I hope she does not mind, uh, but I, I run across the, these posts from time to time on screenwriting Twitter. So, you know, don't dogpile on her, but um, at Rachel Weatherly uh, just announced, and she hasn't given us too much information. She started a position as a reader for a contest. And after this season, she's vowed she is never going to do it again. Um, so I just, you know, on the, on the other side, since we're talking about these screen clap finalists and stuff, there are people burning out on reading contest scripts so badly. Um, and, you know, I just, I just wanted to give a massive, like props to her for, for being honest about it. Um, and also just kind of like a reminder of like what it's like on the other side, which is that like. I have been a contest reader, uh, you know, at various contests in, in the past. And like the burnout is real and the fatigue is real. And also you get scripts that you're like, you know, how did basic things get missed? Like, you know, one of the things she mentioned right. is she's like, she's like, a scene is written and characters do things, but I have no idea why they're doing it. Yeah, I, you know, um, I totally like, as much as we sort of get on contests and stuff on like that on the show, like, you know, and I'm not a fan of them at all. But I do have to admit, there are a lot of bad screenplays out there. I know because I read them. And, you know, you get this oh, where, like, you're, you wonder, like, how do you, we all have access to the same things, all the same resources and things like that. I really feel like that, at least like in terms of the internet, you know, we've all seen scripts. There's yeah. no reason I feel like for scripts to come in with bad formatting or no formatting or like to, like if you're writing it in a screenplay format, there are also free screenwriting programs. Like we've talked about on the show, Writer Duet is a free screenwriting program that's out there. And like it formats the thing like automatically, it does. So I'm just not not automatically. No, no, no. I mean, Michael, Michael, do you want to jump in here? Because the, everybody hears us, and I know you're a writer as well, and you probably hear about these things. But it's not automatically. And uh, like, go back and look at your first scripts. You'll find all the mistakes. You I was made. writing it in Microsoft Word. For starters, yes, you were writing it in Microsoft. There was no such thing as writer duet. Final yeah, but you can. Yeah. Exist. Yeah. Yeah, and even in Word, like you can, I think to Rob's point, it's like you look at a script that you're reading and you look at what you're printing out. Uh, mm -hmm. And I would say that the most important thing is that extrapolating that out in terms of, you know, I think we're all going to have a degree of a skewed perspective on our own work and like its place in the marketplace. But, <laughs> you know, even, you know, with even with how, you know, relatively or comparatively inexpensive it's gotten to produce a film it's like you if you're looking at what's being produced and what's succeeding and then you're looking at your work and you're not seeing if or when there's a major disconnect and there are going to be disconnects earlier on in your career but yeah. I think one of the for me one of the first signals that I could do this was when I made my first short film didn't know what I was doing but I was doing that and saying like oh a film should look and feel like this and of course right. like if, it, if, it, if you're a student, if it's like your first project, if you have a low budget, all of which are probably true in most cases, 
Uh, it's not going to one for one look like that, but it should approximate it enough. Right. When other people watch it, they recognize it as that thing and not a pale imitation of the thing. Right. And it's not that you can't recover from that after like the first one or two times. But I think one of the signals that I took early on in my career was like when a really close friend who was close enough that they would mostly tell me the truth, you know, a handful of those people would come up after seeing my first short and being like, you know, I'll say specifically, one of my very best friends came up to me afterwards and said, look, man, I was, I was prepared to like lie to you a little bit. I was hoping I wouldn't have to, but like, I really don't have to do it. Like you made a movie that, that's a real movie. Um, that's good. That's a good so friend. Like, yeah. But, but, you know, I think that if you're not getting that feedback after the, your first few screenplays, or if you're not looking at your script and then looking at a professional script that turned into a produced movie right. and seeing that r- rough, like one-to-one comparison or that you're trending that approximation yeah then you know yeah save your save yourself the pain and do something else yeah and i think (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna say this in the kindest lovingest way possible the dunning kruger effect is real which is people who start out are overly confident you know, and they think that they've got it down. And as you become more wizened and experienced, you undersell yourself, right? Um, so the people who are sitting there going, I've got the best thing since sliced bread, probably don't, you know, they might, maybe they're, you know, and then the people who say this sucks and it's the worst thing ever, probably also don't. Anybody who's in the middle and is sitting there going, yeah, this for the most part works, I think it's doing okay. They probably have the best perspective of their script. Uh, just because that middle ground is probably the most honest. Yeah, um, like, I, yeah. I will say that, like, you know, to sort of, to your point, Kay, I do look back at a lot of my old scripts, especially when I was first starting out, and, you know, I see these giant blocks of text, um, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. But at the same time, when I look at, like, those those scripts, they still look like scripts. I'm talking about, like, you know, the, like, you're you're like, why is this misformatted, or why is this kind of like yeah and at the same time there's still like you know language and grammar and and things like that that people just you know whatever but that's right because i actually spotted a grammar problem in one of your in your sample today oh okay um nobody's perfect nobody nobody's perfect um so like so like you know there's there's all sorts of things that like you know can get sort of like you can make mistakes on and I think mistakes can be forgiven but there's a lot of stuff that I feel like that people just like you're wondering like where is this like why um but you know like you know people are human but at the same time like (laughs) I, I I definitely see like I don't think that I would I would do like a contest be a contest reader I don't think that there's enough money in the world uh, well, Rachel Weatherly, uh, I hope you make it through this season and, you know, Godspeed to you. Uh, it is hard work. Um, I will say as a writer, reading other people's work and seeing them at their best and sometimes at their worst is always a good thing. So hopefully you walk away with a bunch of knowledge. Um, so good luck to you. <laughs> um, we should, we should meet Michael uh, yes. officially in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Michael, uh, Let's 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 uh, let's get your origin story. Um, like, uh, how did you fall into this business of show? Yeah, 
basically, you know, basically I, I just followed my curiosity and a couple of op opportunities um, and kind of ins inspirations and then um, ended up catching the bug and just like specifically, you know, I started off as a, a fiction writer um, and while I was studying creative writing uh, in college um, in, in New York, I, um, I published my first short story, which was like a bit of a, a crime drama genre piece. Um, and uh, after that, I, I happened to meet a, an alum of my uh, school and fraternity who was an independent filmmaker and uh, you know, came up in conversation that I published this story. And I also mentioned that a lot of times in my writing classes, people would compare my writing not to, not a lot, of, not all the time, but sometimes they would compare my dialogue or my writing not to um, always to uh, fiction writers, but to filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, I think behind all that was just a, even a semi, only semi-conscious, if not unconscious, like sincere love of movies and how they, you know, we're just a safe, fun place for me, like growing up. Um, so yeah, he, he, when I met that guy, he was just like, oh, you know, you should turn that short story into a short film and I'll let you borrow all my equipment for free. And I was like, awesome. Um, and you know, he, he was Indian. Yeah, he was Indian. It was like 2000, I was like 2005. So we're talking about a couple of like XL ones, um, which, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I took him up on that. And, and from there, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do it right. And um, my thinking was like, okay, I don't know how to do this. I haven't done this before. I lasted six hours in like film study. Because uh, it's just, uh, I was at Columbia and the program as an undergrad was all theory. And it was just, Ooh. just a lot of watching stuff and talking. And it just, that just wasn't, wasn't ever going to be for me. And it made more sense later, but like, I'm much more of a hands-on uh, immersive learner mm. um so I, I bought i went to the bookstore i bought a couple of books on like how to make a movie or how to make a short film um i from there i was like you know this really just seems like project management and collaboration and project mm. management and collaboration is like i was good at project management for sure collaboration at that time i was good i wasn't as good as i would become and, and strive to become especially when it comes to working with like actors and crew um, but, you know, I felt like I could handle it. And, and as I started talking about what I was going to do, friends here and there, and it's a university environment. So people are interested in experimenting, doing things. And someone would be like, oh, I'll help you. And, you know, I kind of kept a mental list. And everyone who said they wanted to help got a call or showed up at their door later on and be like, hey, I'm doing this. Like, do you want to handle this or that? Um, and then the only other thing that I did, that I also did that I think was really instrumental is I uh, I, I enrolled in a screenwriting course um, at Columbia. Uh, I think even a little early, like I think I had to kind of get special permission because it was like a more of a sophomore, junior, senior year thing, and I was a freshman. Or, no, it was more of a junior or senior thing, and I was a sophomore. Um, and a uh, cool thing about that class is that the instructor mandated that you have a story, a specific story that you wanted to tell to get into his class. You would have to sit with him and mm. tell him what you wanted to write. Um, and for me, that answer was, uh, well, here's the short story. I want to adapt this into a short film and I want to shoot it, which he loved that idea um, to actually make something out of it. And I spent the whole semester studying with him and working on adapting those like four or five uh, written pages into um, a, uh, I think it was an 18 page script that ended up being a 15 page 
a 15 minute film that we shot in about two days. Nice. And then, and then on set for that, I, I just caught the bug and that was it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, if you get to set and you're just like, this is like, I don't know. I feel like you get to set and you're just kind of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, you're seeing it. If you're, if you don't run away screaming, because like Set, even, that's not for everybody but if it is for you you know I'm yeah sure. you know like right away because it's so stressful you know it's like one of those things where like you know you're trying to do things especially when you don't um know what you're doing um but even when you know what you're doing like you're losing light you're doing things these people are doing this over here you're managing this you know like you're trying to get this shot the camera's not working the thing is not working like you didn't bring enough batteries, like, like all of those things. If you can come away from what is essentially like a Murph, like a, a treatise in Murphy's law, um, you know, and then just be like, I had the most fun I ever had in my life. You, that's it. Just quit doing anything else that you're doing and just dedicate your life to it. Cause that's where you belong. Um, otherwise you might as well quit because <laughs> It's not for you. Yeah, um, I was gonna say there's a lot of writers who are like, I do not like being on set and things like that. And they're fair play to them um on that. But if you do suddenly like I've had people like who it's like their first day on set and they're like, We need to find another way to get back here, like soon ASAP. They're already right. thinking about their, their next fix. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Right. Michael just raised his hand. It's it's honest. It's okay. This is this is set synonymous. It's okay. It's yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm. Uh, hey, my name is Robert, and I'm a film junkie. Um, yeah, that's it's, the best. It's not sustainable like long term, but it's the best when you're in it and you want to get back as as quickly as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do work on other people's films often uh, for that. They're like, "Why do you want to come in today?" I'm like, "No reason. No reason at all." <laughs> I'm not like trying that. to get my fix. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you're getting you're getting some labor. Uh, I did a lot of COVID officer stuff for that uh, over the over the uh, pandemic because I was like, I could just be there, sanitize some people, and be on set. It'll be so good. Yeah, because you just I feel like I don't make sense like anywhere else. You know, like I just like that's where I'm supposed to be. That's who I am. Like, and you know, you find that out like doing it. Um, and. I, I think like it's great that you found out that's who you were in college because you know I feel like like you were saying like you know college is that sort of area where yeah. people you get that you know people are like hey I'll, I'll help you on your short like that sort of thing you just have people in close proximity that you can just sort of like pull in to like yeah. do random jobs and be an actor or something like that that's like the best thing about college I think and then when I find out that people aren't like like you know um like you have to take advantage of that. Like that's if you're gonna go to film school, like that's the best thing about film school is that you have all are in the same place. You should all be working on your stuff. Not only yeah. that, but you can shoot like, like you can never like you could shoot like every weekend. Like why can't you? You've got access to equipment and things like the school's equipment. Get your own equipment, friends' equipment. Like you should be able to pull things out of your ass. Like just and get like work on it better. Uh, you know, and just expand your craft, like, all the time, like, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, everything doesn't have to be, like, giant shorts or whatever like that, you can do micro shorts, yeah, um, I was gonna you know, say, just a scene or things like my, that. My first, like, uh, film class I had at Chapman, I mean, you had to go make a short film, even if it was a small short film, every weekend, you know, and yeah. I had never picked up a camera before, my professor was 
Professor John Badham. And Badham was like, go make a short film. And I'm like, Wait, what? Badham is in like director mm-hmm. John Badham? Yeah. Son yeah. of a bitch. I know, I know. And like you you pick up real quick. You're like, okay, oh okay. Yeah, you gotta go do it. And and you you have a camera and they're like, go figure it out. Yeah. I love John Badham. I love the hard way. Oh, he, he's a very good teacher, although very busy because he was directing for heroes at the time. That's how old, old I am. Uh, that that's how long ago I was in school. And uh, and yeah, but but when he was there, he would just drop wisdom uh, nonstop. And I was like, you got to stop, man, uh, uh, because it's 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 too it's too heavy and too good. Uh, but no, it's good stuff. Well, Michael, you've had two recent pieces of successes, and I was wondering, like, what can you tell us about both? Number one is you recently raised $100,000, speaking of being on set, for your next feature film. And the other one is this uh, that you just uh, got a paid uh, screenwriting gig. And I was wondering uh, what you can tell us about those two successes. Also, uh, congratulations on both things. Kate Tuxford. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. We Thank always you. celebrate victories. We have to on this show. Um, <laughs> I know, right? It gives yeah. the rest of us hope. Go on, Michael. Let's, yeah, let's and live to, vicariously. And, and on that note, to put it in context, like the screenwriting gig, when I posted about it on social, I did say in months, first gig gig in months, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's been a while since the last one. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the short answer is that, like, it's great to have like a couple of wins, right? Um, and like to see progress, like as as um, staggered as it can be. But it's all connected to like the the long through line that started with that story about the first short, right? Yeah. And like I even like wrote about this a little bit when I was talking about the screenwriting gig on social because like the screenwriting gig doesn't happen uh, without the work in progress feature that I just raised the money for that doesn't happen without the feature that I've been working on for five years that grew my writing and thinned my sanity but also like kept me going (laughs) that may still never get made that doesn't happen if I don't make the sleepless which was my last like released feature that doesn't happen if I don't get the rest of the funding for that same other movie that I've been working on for so long. And it just, you kind of goes back. And that's also why, like when I shared about it, I said, and, and, and Rob and I talked about this uh, extensively, but like, where I said, like, it, it's not, doesn't work for everybody, but I would even say if, you, if you're a screenwriter who knows they don't want to direct, producing your own work, which is so easy here and now, easy in quotes, but like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it, it, there's definitely you're definitely able to do it easier than ever before right. I, I just think like you know I, 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 I've been working really hard the last many years to like stay optimistic and, and to like be uh, in reality when it comes to the industry machinations and what I think and feel about them and and the drawbacks of, of a, a lot of the, the, the systems that do not work well in our industry but a lot of them do work well um, but I think that like what you can, what I can control is is continuing to write and continuing to produce my own work, right? So right, it's like right. the um, the film where I raised the money, um, you know, like when I so I I um, I do marketing for like my day job 
or I have for most of my career. Um, and I, um, I was working full-time leading marketing for a startup in um, the second half of last year. And I, I got fired um, around Christmas time, which is awesome. Which is um, always fun. Yeah. yeah. Good, good move. Um, but, but the first thing, you know, at this point in my career, I was already kind of like making some moves in this direction anyway, but it basically like my first impulse after I got fired wasn't, I have to find another job. It was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like I need to hit the phones hard, um, on the film side. And I did that and I just kind of hit my network and I called everyone that I knew who I thought might be able to help. And I said, like, here's where I'm at. Here's what I like. I'm, I'm available to write, to direct and like pandemic stuff aside, like, you know, I, by then I, you know, I had been vaccinated and things were like crawling back to life. But like, um, you know, one of the things that came out of that phone call was a friend of mine uh, who's a you know, pretty successful filmmaker in terms of like uh, career sustainability. And, you know, he mentioned he, he could possibly get me in the room to pitch, pitch a horror movie um, if I had one and I, I didn't, but I had an idea for one that I thought was good. Um, and I was like, I'll think about it. And, you know, I worked on other things and I thought about it. And, and ultimately I, I was like, well, the only way to find out if this idea is uh, tenable is to start writing it. And then I did. And I was like, there's a horror comedy. So I was just like, I'm just going to go all out and uh, with this ridiculous idea um, that I think is probably the most like marketable idea I've ever had. And I'm not going to ignore that, even though it's not like, you know, a romantic comedy or a romantic drama or a friendship drama, like my previous features. Right. Um, and I'm just going to give it a shot. And, and, you know, long story short, like I'm, I'm still pursuing that opportunity um, for, uh, but in the meantime, you know, I happened to have a meeting with uh, a previous investor from my other films, uh, which to be honest, like have not made a return. Um, so I, I didn't going into that pitch. I wasn't, super confident that this investor would want to lose more money. Um, right. But the point is, the point is with this idea, he's probably not going to, uh, it's just, it's just a commercial, uh, commercially viable idea. Um, and, you know, so, and to be honest, like I, I, as soon as he heard the title of the movie, um, which I'm, I'm kind of keeping in my pocket cause it's what's selling the movie for me and I don't want to give it away too, too early. Um, but as soon as he heard the title of the movie and the rough concept, like he was he was in and you know the only thing I would add to that though is that like in that conversation he also was saying you know the sleepless being the last project we worked on together he was like I I can't believe what you did with that movie with the money that I provided right. like he's just he's just like qualitatively like he's like look I understand what you're telling me in terms of like with the sleepless basically like we're a couple of lucky breaks away probably from making a return but like we looked like we almost got into South by we didn't get into South by South by didn't even end up happening that year so like yeah. wouldn't maybe even mattered right that was one lucky break that didn't go our way we the New York Times was considering reviewing the film um which would have been huge but ultimately decided not to um that didn't happen so like you know we just didn't get the juice that we needed but like you know but but the point is I kept making things and I kept showing that I know what I'm doing and I'm getting better. And his point of view was, I do think this is a commercially viable idea and I know you can back it up with a good movie. So like I'm in. Um, and then for the script thing, I would just say that like, it's just the tenacity, you know, and it's like it, this, 
and it's a small gig and, but it could, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I got hired to write um, an outline and a treatment and, you know, I'm, my goal is to deliver on that such that I end up getting hired to write the script. Um, and then from there, I like to develop a relationship with this person who, who may, may have the means to, to partner, uh, you know, as an investor, as an EP, but that's, it's, it's a non-traditional uh, route in a way, because I, I met this person through my marketing work. It's a, it's a business person, I think, who has the means to, the means and the network to pitch some entertainment properties. And he just, he's smart and he knows what he's doing um, in terms of coming up with some characters and idea, but he's not a screenwriter. And, and that's how I kind of ended up pitching to him. But I also only got that pitch uh, because he was specifically like only interviewing people who um, had produced credits. And I only had produced credits because I went out and produced first, uh, first, yeah, first a, a, a micro budget, micro micro budget feature that crowdfunded um, that I shot on the streets of like, you know, Brooklyn with a bare bones crew. You're talking uh, about the video blogs? Yeah. Like, yeah. And DPing myself. And then from there, like using that momentum to eventually get. I want to do a, a quick shout out to that film. Uh, I've seen both of your movies, uh, the sleepless and the video blogs. And uh, well, Michael may be a, a little modest about the video blogs. I fucking love that movie. I fucking love that movie. I've watched it several times. And it also features his lovely wife, Rebecca. Um, she's also, you know, the co-lead in the, the Sleepless. But, um, but I really enjoy that film. I just, it's so emotional to me. There's parts of that film that inspired one of my scripts, uh, Calla Lilies. Like there's, it, Rebecca does such, a, such an emotional performance and stuff like that. And it's one of those really great films about mental health that I feel like a lot of people would just be like, I feel this movie. Um, and I feel like, you know, and I know a lot of people like watch The Sleepless because it's very like, you know, it's New York and it's the fall and it's very sort of like Woody Allen, like that sort of thing. People like eat that shit up. But every time people are like, like, yeah, The Sleepless, I'm like, yeah, but have you seen the video blogs? Like, that's the shit, man. Like, <laughs> I appreciate like, that. I like, I always want to be like, no, have you seen the video blogs? Like, I just have like a soft spot for that movie because I, I, I do because you and I both sort of like geeked out. I remember one of the, that's one of the ways that we became friends was like, I was geeking out over your like, uh, the, your blocking and like human geometry um, towards the end of the film. Um, and in uh, that triangle sort of thing. And I was just like, that, like that's one of my, uh, that's one of my jams. That's how. I appreciate that. Cause I was so thrown together on set in the moment. I just had to ask my brain to like spit that out. Cause we just, we didn't have the location for me to block it before I am, so. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think like, I, I actually plan on hopefully writing a blog post or something about this soon. But like, I think what I would take out of that, uh, those kind words is like with the video blogs, it's like, it's also, I think, really important that you're at least your first one or couple of things that you either like write, but ideally like write and produce, whether it's a short or, or a, a micro budget feature. And I would encourage everyone if they feel like they can muster it it's not easy it's actually grueling mm -hmm. but to produce a micro budget feature um is to really like you have to really 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 love the entirety of that project you know because mm -hmm. i think and i think it even though like the video blogs again wasn't um didn't earn a, re a return financially it did open up so many doors for me and, and provide so much momentum for me as a filmmaker uh but it it 
it shows people what you can do. It shows people that you're serious. It shows people that you're a professional when you can execute. But it's also like the only way you're going to be able to get through it at, at this day and age in this country where we we don't have a lot of support for the the arts or for people or any support for the arts you know, like, yeah know. or people who don't you know come from independent means or stuff like that is, is the, you have to love it with a very deep and sincere passion because it's like because the video blogs is like like originated from me saying like you know i don't see how i'm ever gonna make my first feature unless i come up with a way to um just force myself into a framework that works with a particular idea and then just like put all of myself into it, you know? And, and like Rob was talking about before with his earlier scripts, like it's on the, on, on paper, neither of my features look um, the way that you would want them to in terms of those, they're just, they're full of long monologues. Yeah. Um, and, but like my conceit early on with both was like, I'm going to, trust the story. I'm going to trust the idea. I'm going to hire extremely talented actors, preferably with theater experience, because then monologues are going to be no issue. Um, and I'm going to, you know, we're all going to be really sincere and we're going to give it our all. And if, and if we do that, we, we get to trust that audiences are going to come along. Maybe not at the scale that would be ideal to like have a runaway success, but like, you know, even when you talk to professionals or you listen to script notes or like, you know, read around the, the internet, it's like, it's most, I feel like most people, even like the, the most successful or the biggest names they're if they're grounded and not all of them are, but like, if they're grounded, they, they will eventually say like, it's, it's about the long game. It's about um, mm-hmm. I, to put it in the shortest way possible, quantity, not quality, understanding that like reduced quantity is going to naturally increase your quality. And also that if you find a way with each project to put yourself in it, to be passionate, to be sincere um, in whatever flavor, like my horror comedy is ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a way that's sincere to how I'm ridiculous. Um, You know, you'll, 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 you'll keep moving forward. Well, you've also done um, a bunch of really fun shorts. Uh, you continue to do shorts, um, even though as, as you make like features and stuff like that, I'm sure like, like you know, as we talked about, you know, it's just sort of that way to just like jumping back uh, on set, you know, or to sort of get uh, like, you know, either to sort of rally the troops. Like, I don't know if anybody does this or if it's just me or if it's just like, you know, you ever do a short, just like knowing that you're trying to parlay that into like a feature. If you're trying to just like gather the like pre-gather the troops, like into like a like a scenario where you'd be like, hey, you know, this was fun. You know what we should do? We should make a movie. Um, <laughs> like that sort of thing. So it's um, always good to start when they're like on set doing this short and you're like, Do you want this to never end? <laughs> I can help you make sure this never ends. Yeah. Well, it, it 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 you know, everyone's got their own flavor, but I think it all plugs into the same kind of like interplay right because it's like there's there's very little difference between that and what I was just talking about I think in terms of career sustainability or just continuing to work towards career sustainability by basically showing people like hey I'm going to keep doing this no matter what and of course we want to try to get better Um, we want to try to find our way to having it be our our primary job Um, but yeah I mean like you know we we talked earlier about the short that I made bench where like it was it was that I was yeah I hadn't directed something in a couple of years and I was like, itchy and I like just, I, I, I was busy, but like, I would, I would literally like get out of work, get on the subway and start pitching 
friends like scenes via text mm. um and if if and as they said yes i'd be like great i'll plug you in here i'll plug you in there and then like uh, I, I think within a week or two i produced that movie and i was just like I, I, just, I took my camera that i knew i could borrow from my my day job in in corporate video um and i picked to exterior location shooting during the day um and I was like, I'm just gonna set the camera and ask one of my friends to be an actor when uh, the other guy is recording sound and the other guy will, and then they'll switch. Um, and, um, you know, just have it be really loose and improv and cut it together and have fun. And I, you know, it, it, it took me a while to finish cause there was, you know, I spent some savings. I think I spent like a, a grand in like savings over like a year or two. Um, and, and that's really only because I, I mean, I didn't have to pay my friends, but like I did, cause that's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I think, I think each person came by for at most like two hours and I gave them like 50 or 75 bucks or something like that. Um, but that did like, you know, the experimental short that I, the experimental feature that I uh, shot over the pandemic on zoom, I just bought, I just took the same exact format and a lot of the same people um, and just did it on a larger scale. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, at the end of the day, say what you want. It's an experimental feature shot on Zoom, but it's a feature. It's 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 a feature film that's you know up there on IMDb, showing that like I'm going to find a way to make a movie. Right. Um, so, what do you think? Uh, and this is a question for both of you. What do you guys think makes a great uh, short? Oh, I'm in this question too. Yes, because you are. You know, you definitely teach a class on short films, so you know. The, I do. Yeah. I do. Professor Tuxford. I, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, it is. Those are facts. Um, I am gainfully employed in that way. Um, yeah. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there. I think what makes a good short is oftentimes I think we practice so much telling a feature story or a novel. I think it's just capturing a moment that uh, is very relatable or understandable and uh, definitely a get in get out kind of feeling to it that gives us that completion of like. I got to witness or I got to feel that moment. And I think is oftentimes where short is successful. Yeah, that impact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, 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 it's those little hits of good storytelling. Michael? Yeah, I, I, I would pretty much agree. I think it's it's more than a longer form piece. A short is really like to me about, it's, it's more it's it's more like poetry, right? It's like, I, I'm gonna feel a lot or experience uh, surprise or delight um, in a short amount of time that is like focused and, um, like potent. Mm. I think the best, the best, the best examples uh, are going to be, and, you know, I've seen some shorts that are like chill, but it's like, to, to, for lack of a better term, but it's like the, the potency of that, whatever that emotion is, is still, um, still pretty, pretty great if it's going to be a, an effective short. Yeah, and I think I think I think the other thing is you do need a sense of some sort of emotional completion by the end, uh, which is sometimes I, I mean it's almost in the joke format or something. The audience has yeah. to know it's over. Yes, um, I definitely feel like that. You like do something and then put a button on it like that. You got to put like, a button on it. Yeah, yeah. if you don't, people sit there going, "Is there another scene?" Uh, another okay. Scene? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, you'd be like, "Is this?" All right, it's it's over. We we've got credits. Uh, and, and, and and like just a scene often kind of works as a short film. Really great 
really nice and uh, fun to write and happy scenes start with something saying like oh a character walks in and wants to get you know wants to chat up a person they fancy at the bar okay and by the end of the scene it's like did they accomplish that or not did something else happen and then you'll have an answer to whether or not they did it and it will feel like a button because you're like well that's what we came in here to do uh, well, speaking of uh, rules and things and, and, and what it makes a good short film, we are going to do something that I've never seen done in a, in a, in a screenwriting podcast. We're going to do wild a, and crazy man. Bro. Yeah, we're okay. going to do a, a live uh, reading and then critique of a short film that I wrote uh, and plan to shoot this month. Uh, I've, I've dedicated myself. I've decided that I'm going to shoot a short film a month uh for my youtube channel um you know and we're gonna you know that's sort of tied in with how to make a movie for a thousand dollars but um i've never seen this done in a in a, in a podcast that you know we I, i'm sure like you know we all have our own uh heroes and stuff like that mike was men mentioning uh script notes and stuff like that they do the three-page challenge um you know a lot of the times and stuff like that but never like I don't know if they ever really sort of break out their own work. At least I've, I've listened to a lot of episodes of script notes and they've definitely broken down scripts, but it's not something where it's like, oh yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm directly involved in or going to shoot like that sort of thing. So we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to do it. Um, and we're going to bring up uh, a short that I wrote called making friends in your thirties is hard. It is uh, a scene that I wrote for that was originally in a, 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 a feature length script that I have sort of adapted into short film format. And we're gonna figure out if that's um, gonna be how that works. But we're also gonna bring in a, a special guest, my wife, Misha, to, she's gonna come over and read uh, one of the roles uh, with Kate Tuxford. The way this is going to do it is I'm going to uh, adhere by the rules of my old screenwriting group, uh, which is uh, the person who wrote it casts the, the whole thing, and then they take critique. They are allowed to answer questions, but they are not allowed to defend themselves. So I'm not allowed to defend myself. You have to tear into you. Like yeah. This. And then you well, have to just take, you just have to take the notes. You have to just things. take the notes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, Kay, you were going to play Virginia. Uh, okay. My wife, Misha, is going to play Olivia. Uh, Michael, you are going to be these, uh, the screen directions person. And I will play the waiter character at the end. You cast yourself as the waiter. Yeah, because it's only one line. All right, ready? Yep. All right, over black, we hear the low murmur of a restaurant, plates clattering, idle, indistinct chatter. It's a sound effect, you get it. Then we fade in on a cafe, noonish. Virginia, 30s, not a hipster, sits not nervously, but with anxious anticipation at a table, turning her wedding ring. She checks her phone, the time, her messages, and bites her lip, trying not to frown. Match cut to inside a car, same. Olivia, 30s, teacher in the streets, freak beneath the sheets wearing the same expression as she pulls into a parking space. Fuckity fuck fuck, fuckity fuck fuck. I am so, oh, look how late I am. She also checks her phone and unlike Virginia, seems very nervous. She takes a deep breath before opening her car door as we match cut to the cafe, still noonish. Olivia opening the door, 
opening to the cafe. Oh man, two, that's a terrible, yeah, okay, go ahead. It happens. The two women spying on each other across the restaurant, Virginia stands like a proper gentleman as Olivia makes her way over to her, then greets her with a kiss on the cheek as the latter gets to the table. You're early. I'm always right on time. It's a curse. How is being on time a curse? It, it isn't. I'm guessing you're early to everything? I don't. I come when... Wow, I don't know where that line was going. <laughs> Olivia laughs, but it's an awkward beat. Virginia watches her squirm, hands. I promise you, I'm not scary. Oh, I, I don't think you are either. But she is. And like all women who command fear, there's a certain amount of pride, if not enjoyment in that. Tell that to your hands. A twisted, balled up napkin between them. Olivia smiles politely. She shields up, so she deflects. I'm glad we're getting a chance to do this. It's nice. It is. I, I wanted to thank you for organizing your coworkers like that. So last minute. Oh, it was not like I, like I said, it didn't make sense. And they were trying to ramrod your client. Virginia laughs. Did, did you mean railroad? Yes, I did mean that. Oh my God. Now they both laugh, but the awkwardness comes crawling back. I just, like, we made a good team. My guy kept his job. Yeah, and I'm really glad I could help. Do we order here or at the counter? It's sort of both. Either way, it seems to take forever. I need coffee. I'm like a coffee... I hate to say junkie. I enjoy coffee. I don't need to go to coffee rehab. You're a coffee enthusiast. I'm a coffee snob. Nope, don't like that one either. I like, well, we'll go with what you said. Okay. But the conversation dies. They glance around trying to avoid contact, but it happens anyway. I admit, I felt weird asking. How do people make their friends in their 30s? Fuck if I know. The laughter's back. Chuckle and Olivia physically unclenches. I, can I ask you something personal? You can ask me anything you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to answer. That's fair. And honest. Silence. Long enough to be deafening. Then? Are you going to ask your question? I don't know. I'm rethinking it. Virginia chuckles again. Okay. I respect that. Seems to spur Olivia on. Back when we first met last week in the parking lot yeah i i felt like there was i don't want to say spark but like a like a thing cut to parking lot day flashback virginia and olivia shake hands virginia anderson Ginny, i guess olivia dean something passing between them then back in the car cafe continued virginia eyes olivia carefully i don't know what you want me to say to that olivia looks at Ginny's wedding ring well, I guess that depends on how your marriage works. Virginia's jaw is clenched until it breaks into a smile, a faceless waiter coming over at that exact moment. Hi, can I start you guys off with some coffee? Olivia matches Virginia's smile as we black out. Yeah, my wife is... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I feel like we... So are you going to share this script with our readers when they... Uh, yeah, I'll put it up. I'll, I'll, I'll do a link or something like that to, uh, you know, the thing. And they can download it and 
uh, and uh, read along uh, for themselves. But yeah, that was fun. All right. So that, you know, uh, like I said, the rules are in effect. I am allowed to answer questions, but I am not allowed to defend myself. Okay. Well, I mean, and Michael, do you want me to go first to help set the tone? Because I don't want to like make you feel like, you know, just jump in Fine. there. Okay. Either way. Uh, well, then you go first. So then I, you can set the tone. Uh, sure. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been in workshops. I can do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it's like, I, you know, what I liked uh, on a broader level was with the title, I was expecting one thing. And then as it, as it started, it felt a little romantic or flirty. But then as it, like you get towards the middle or near the end, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's just about people making friends. But then it twists, you know, again, back to my original like sense. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of going back to what we were talking about before. I think that's part of what you want is like that, um, you know, a twist is very common in, in like a short, and I guess it's a sort of a twist. Um, the other thing that I'd say that I liked about it is the dialogue just being really naturalistic. I mean, I think that's partially probably why like Rob and I are friends because like we both kind of strive to do that, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some of your work, but so I know that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it like it, it, um, like, again, like you having seen my work, you know that like my, I would venture to do the same thing. Uh, for me, it was definitely more of like a thematic um, lift in terms of like the story. So like, I, I, if I were to watch it, I would, I feel like, it, you know, if it's five minutes, which is, would be, um, I, I probably, you know, it, 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 execution dependent, which I, again, I've seen some of your stuff, so I wouldn't worry about that, but, like, I think I would, you know, I would watch it, and I'd be, like, okay, like, this is, uh, um, it's, like, a nice little, like, vignette, like, I, like, I, it's, it's cozy, almost, uh, <laughs> and it's, like, and, like, you know, the, in terms of, you know, suggestions, the only bigger things that came up were, like, you know, just questions, and, like, not necessarily saying this has to happen, but, like, um, you know, even for myself, like I'll write a lot of scenes or dialogue about loving coffee. And it's like, you know, it's been done many times before. It's going to continue to be done because coffee is amazing. Um, <laughs> is there, but is there like a more unique or a more particular to you way of framing that conversation? Like, and this is, you know, again, like I don't necessarily need this to happen, but if it sparks anything, like, is there a particular type of coffee? Um, is there, you know, some little unique uh, thing that you could twist to make it a little bit more specific? Or something about um, a cafe that, like, something that their coffee yeah, that they're some, known for. Yeah, yeah, and even, yeah, and even, like, the fact that the, there's a waiter at that cafe is a little unique, and maybe there's something, there's a reason there, or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, and then, I'm trying to remember what the other thing was, was basically just, I think, you know, like, uh, the punctuation and the style throughout for the, um, the scene direction and the description and stuff, like, at points I found it, it's not that it's not clear, because it, it is clear what it would have been more difficult to read if it wasn't. Um, and to me, like it does match like the tone of the, and, uh, of the nervousness between the two women, but I did find it at points as a reader 
or I might find it as a reader a little distracting with all of like the dashes and the like the sentences broken up into clauses. It does like keep the pace moving well and it does create a lot of white space, but it's not as typical. Um, so like, you know, from a reader perspective or from just like making sure that actors feel secure studying up the script, I might, personally, I might like suggest touching up, touching things up so that they're a little bit more standardized with like complete sentences or like maybe 60% fewer dashes, if you know, <laughs> you can. Um, and that, you know, that's a taste thing as well. Like if you're shooting it, you don't have to do it as long as the actors say, no, I'm good with it, you know? Right. So, and that was really all that, that came up. Otherwise, like, you know, I think it's, like I said, like, you know, if, especially if you're planning on shooting it, like execution dependent and thinking about like where at points can, can you juice things a little bit with like a, that much more specificity about like who these women are or who you are as a person that, you know, that expressions of that are coming out in this dialogue and in this situation. All right, Professor Tuxford. Yeah, uh, I think I think Michael has touched on some good points. Um, I, think, I think oftentimes where your strength is, is that um, you have a good conversational flow and you can definitely feel these people uh, participate and, and often, Oftentimes what's difficult when you start writing dialogue is you know what each person needs to say to get your story moving along, but sometimes they wind up just in different bubbles having their own conversations or not reacting to one another. Right. So I think you have a really good bounce back and forth. And, um, you know, it definitely gives us this sense of familiarity or understanding between one another, but also that nervousness of it being kind of a new, a new friendship relationship, whatever it ends up being. So it definitely kind of plays in that area where everyone is going lightly. Um, and they, you know, it's always like, it's that first impressions, like when you meet somebody and you're like, I'm going to tell you the best version of me. It's not <laughs> untrue, uh, but it is not me all the time. Um, and so you definitely feel everybody's like on really good behavior. And I think it's nice that you're able to, to pull that out there. Um, and I think, I think this is a really good length. It's running, what, about five pages? Five, yeah, just under five pages. And I think yeah. if you were to film it, you'd probably be like an easy, an easy four to four and a half because it's- I try to dialogue. cut it down to three, but yeah, like, you know, if you could get it down to like three to five, like, you know- It's three, all good, you know, it's all yeah. good, yeah. So I feel like it's a really good length for something like this because it is just a moment as we talked about. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig a little deep in the note section um, for you. Uh, first of all, I said I did spot an error in in your writing earlier, so I have to bring it out. And this one's more for everybody at home, not just for you. Uh, but 30s is not 30 apostrophe s. There is no apostrophe, not in the title, and not when you introduce characters. It's oh. a very it's a very common error most screenwriters do it i'm sure if we were to announce this on twitter right now peter would fight me because oh that's so sexy kate yeah. oh okay this like really okay. nerdy i like that yeah. i like right. that okay yeah okay i used to do it all the time yeah until i realized it. no yeah and if you put this on screenwriting twitter there'll be fights but uh if you look it up grammatically it's on my side there shouldn't um, be fights because you're right 
immediately Thank change you. that. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, okay. I like that. So, so that's that's a small note that that when you film it, no one's going to be able to detect it. That would just be on your title page. Um, but uh, the other thing I think is I am a firm believer in shorts in general. Uh, top loading some information a little bit further into the script uh, because I didn't get a sense. And I think you would get a lot of, of meat out of it. If we get more of a sense that these are two people who uh, are trying to make friends in their thirties or even like some context um, a little bit more would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize that's like a pretty oblique note because you're like, how do I do that when they're just sitting and waiting for each other at the cafe? Um, but, you know, I was kind of wondering if there's some way you can indicate that loneliness, um, even if you potentially are going to, if we're at a cafe, you can have extras and see that like everyone else is hanging out with their friends and this person's sitting alone or um, little visual cues like that here. Um I would be looking for those moments. I know you're doing like a, a short, so I can't like ask you to do a bunch of extras or expose, but like even I if mean, it's even like, if it's just like one couple, like you know, like that sort of thing, like you know, like that stuff is always helpful. I always think of like the introduction to um oh shit, I can't remember the movie now. Never mind. <laughs> what is it? Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. What's that? Oh, one? It's crazy stupid love. Crazy stupid crazy love. Crazy stupid love. Yeah, you love it. So at the beginning, we see everybody's feet under the, the feet. table, yes. touching, touching, and then we get to the couple and they're not touching, and you're like, uh oh, some shit's going on with that. I fucking and love I just, that movie. Yeah. So if you look at something like that, a lot of visual cues there that gave us information. Mm-hmm. I think you can definitely piece them out for Virginia and Olivia because even though you have these like cool descriptions of them i kind of like virginia not a hipster doesn't tell me what she is Uh, it only tells me what she's not and so like if i see like her nervously turning her wedding ring much more telling but like does she have a picture of her and her spouse on her phone is she sending a text to her husband like you know um I'm going to be late. Did she mention she's going for coffee with somebody or is she keeping it hidden? Is, you know, things like that. I think you can find a little bit more business for her. Mm-hmm. So we can sit there going like, is she lying or is she honest? Uh, you know, what is, what does she keep around? What does she do when she's waiting? You know, is she the type of person that's just going to sit there getting upset or is she the type of person who, you know, oh, I'm going to keep myself occupied on my phone or whatever. You know, I just want to see some of those things. Uh, same thing for Olivia. You say teacher in the streets, freak beneath the sheets. Uh, as a teacher myself, um, I feel I feel called out. Um, but uh, uh, I was going to say, but I'm glad you have that feeling about teachers. Um, it's, it's interesting. But I would like to see her, other than singing, you know, what is she's doing that's showing that she is like this kind of, it seems like she's a freer spirit than Virginia. Mm-hmm. And other than her little sing song, I was just kind of wondering if there's more we could have with her. Um, you know, she pulls into a parking space. Is she the type of person who, uh, you know, leaps out of the car before it's still fully parked? Is she the type of person that like, um, you know, has fuzzy dice in the window? Like, I think you can put in some stuff in there to show the playfulness of her The character. car thing, that's a good note. Uh, like car sort of like jewelry or something like that to sort of give you like, a, like if she's got like a, uh like a a bobblehead or something like that or something like or stickers or something like that just like you know something that's like readily identifiable as like one thing or another Um, yeah a a little thing like that i was gonna say you can throw that personality in there and i'm trying to think of things for you that are like 
short, no budget friendly. Cause mm -hmm. you know, again, we're trying to find things that you can just put in the moment that's going to enhance it. Right. Um, the other thing is if you show that she's, you know, you said she pulls into a parking space. You could also have a very telling moment on how she pulls into the parking space. I don't know how much time you want to spend on that, but if, for example, like, is she the type of person that's going to park further away? Is she the type of person is going to be upset how somebody else parks? Is she the type of person that like lets a little old lady walk past? Like you could come up with a bunch of reasons on like how she parks. That's very telling. And so I think I'm looking for like a fun moment to meet each if you have her like say that she's that she's late and then you get there to the parking space and some person like crosses by and she lets them go by and they're moving very slow like that tells you about that person like she's a nice person like you yeah know, but she's like, late but she's not selfish right. right yeah the lateness is her fault it's not the person walking by fault and so like that's good for us to know um, or if it's funny you know we could also enjoy the oh you're late and here's the irony of irony you know this is not your tone, but a guy in a chicken suit is slowly walking by. You'd be like, you got to wait for the chicken, you know, like, what are you going to do? You know, but it definitely, you want to kind of put those moments in there because it's their first moment. And mm -hmm. as we talked about last week, I'm really into that. Um, I think you could definitely have an interesting transition. If you start more, we're just trying to be friends um, and figure out how that works. I found like the work conversation it sounded like work in general, but I didn't have a strong sense of what they did. I was like office job thing. Um, I wonder if you could get more specific. It might make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, because office people or whatever they're doing for a job, I was like, okay, so like she really helped her out somehow, you know, and I was like, but I don't, I have, I don't have a lot of context for it. And I felt like either we could skip it and it wasn't so important um, and we could have another topic that maybe like engages and shows their personalities more, or you could get something very specific. Like if one of them has information like, Hey, by the way, you didn't know this, but my client got to keep his job. Oh my God. That's so great. I was so worried because he was crying about his dog. You know, immediately I'm like, they're not so worried about the office stuff. They were more invested in we left an outcome. You know, right. I want I want something more personal there because then I'll go, Oh, that's how they engaged. I think that is, I, I took that as purposeful because like I, I work in, I have worked in offices and still work Very in professional possible. environments. Well, no, no, but I do think it, that the, it's one of those things where like you're bringing something up where it's like, there may still be a room for improvement there because like, I took it as purposeful and like, this is how people would actually act with this like nothing talk, but like maybe it could be condensed and personalized a bit to give yeah. you more room to do other things. Yeah. Or which is kind or, of what we're saying, but yeah, right. or or the talk isn't important. It's a subtext in the moment. And if that's the case, I want a little more emphasis on the subtext. Which right. sounds funny to say emphasis on the subtext. But if it's they're talking about nothing terribly important like what you're saying, then I want to know what I should be focusing on. I agree with that. I think emphasis on subtext is actually wholly accurate for something like this because like and, and while, while you were um while you were talking i okay i was thinking that like rob like something that it, whether if it's helpful for you like a rewrite on this might be the uh screenwriter rob takes his hat off director rob puts his hat on and thinks about it from that perspective and then mm -hmm. maybe you maybe switch the hats again for like after you take the notes because like as someone who's kind of when i when I give my notes, like someone who's done some of these more like natural 
capitalistic scenes, like what that means is that like every, almost every, all, almost all of your success is riding on how specifically and how deeply you accomplish theme. And when you're, my way of, of, of um, pursuing that with the interplay of like Michael, the writer and Michael, the director is thinking about the photography and like those small, like, again, like in budget, like what can you do cheaply, but what are those small details, whether they're like more flashbacks or like quick, quick, like extreme close-ups that you might want to start thinking about now in the script or like something that's happening in the cafe, like what details, like whatever they might be, which are going to have to come for your imagination, but like are going to, it's about like layering on the theme mm-hmm. yeah. because like you're not going to have the space to do it through dialogue or through action or the budget to do that. Um, and I think it's a really good point because um, like when I s- daily stumble across like someone linking to their short film or like someone, whatever, like whenever someone like clicks, like posts a short film online and I start watching in the first few seconds or the first couple of minutes, inevitably when they don't work, the most common first reaction for me is like there's just not enough layering there's not enough complexity there aren't enough cuts right right and i think a lot of the times that happens on the script level where like we need to do a little bit of extra work with that layering and that complexity so that when the editor starts assembling it or when you start assembling it as the editor or the director working with an editor that like especially when it comes to things that are much more theme dependent, which a lot of low budget things are going to do, unless you're really hacking away uh, intelligently with a genre piece, which even then you're going to spend more money. It's really about that specificity that is going to be built on those like smaller moments that have to be like very carefully done. Um, And sometimes they're even like you can do organically, like on like a looser shoot and just kind of like shoot a little docu style um, but you have to have time for that too. But, um, but I've done that on like really, really low budget, like sketches or like stuff like that. Like even bench, like when I shot that, we did our scenes and then I just shot a bunch of quote unquote B-roll or like improvised some like photography, um, with the actors. But I think you still want to have a sense of like, how does it lock into the theme that you're building with, um, the piece. Right. Absolutely. I have one more note for you, Rob, and you're not going to like it. Okay, hit me with it. I don't like your ending. Um, you don't like my and, ending. No, and that might be personal taste. So like everything else, I felt like I was giving you more of a professory vibe. Uh, but I think ending it on a character saying, what will you, you know, are you ready to order? Um, you're kind of taking it away from the two women. And I kind of want to know, I don't even need a waiter there. Like, but if they're going to be- I, there, That's fine because I actually added that at the last minute, but originally it ended without the waiter. Well, I, if, if, I mean, that seems like that's thematically saying, like, are you going to say, yes, I'm interested or not? And um, I think something's more interesting if one of them gives a confirmation of, yes, I'm interested, or, you know, I usually get the usual, let me look at the menu, you know, an idea of like something's changed um, by it. And I think you've taken away the response of one of these women to help put a button on the scene. Right. Or since, yeah, or since it's, it's much more common that a cafe isn't going to have a waiter, like it's one or the other, I can't remember the, the names right now, but like saying like, what can I, what can I get you? Like, and it goes back to being about the coffee, but it's not really about the coffee. It's like, are you, do you want coffee or do you want coffee? You know, it's like, right. um, you could kind of play with that. 
Oh, yeah, okay. like one could offer a recommendation or something like that, or like, oh, you know, I might have what you're going to have. And that would tell us a lot more of like, I'm going to have the idea you're going to have. You're talking about with the waiter. Or the ladies. Or the no, ladies. I, I, I kind of agree with the idea of maybe getting rid of the waiter. The probably. waiter, yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind unless, of, unless you're really looking for your acting debut. Uh, no, I'm really not. Um, but like, you know, like, if, so like bypassing the things like, you know, just go, that depends on how your marriage works. And then just sort of looks like, you know, um, you know, somebody saying something like to the effect of like, well, what's good here? Um, and like picking up a menu or something like that, like, you know, or something, I don't know, less cliche. Than yeah. That. Yeah. What's good here? Or, oh, you know, I really like their caramel, salted caramel latte. Oh, that's good. I normally just get a drip, but maybe I'll have what you have. And the idea of them. I'm you know, feeling saying, I'm Yeah. So um, there you go. There's your notes, man. You got them. You the, got the, them. Only, the only, other, the only other, the only other like left field thing that I would say, just because I always like to include something like that is, uh, and if it doesn't make any sense or just, you know, flush it. But like, I wonder if it's worth in the back of your head for the next couple of days or week, like thinking about, is there a dramedy version of this? Because to me, like I see a few different opportunities for like jokes and sight gags that aren't like major. Like even mm -hmm. going back to the parking, like I saw it, being a funny character quirk if it works for the character that like she's one of those people that needs to park exactly like between the lines even though she's in a rush so it's like she pulls in and like she literally moves the car like nine times and like mm -hmm. you're sitting there like oh my god like and it's funny but like and it, there were just there just seemed to be a couple of other moments even in the short few pages where you can kind of play with the tension a bit by being not not majorly but like a little funny if 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 you feel so moved right 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 um and th these are great notes guys uh, i'm definitely uh taking them all to heart um this was super cool i really enjoyed it you might have okay. a new feature you might have to like start bringing people on with their five-page scripts there you go yeah that's a ah. great idea ah. read it right there ah. You can call oh, it the five. You can call it the five-page challenge. You can go right after the script. Right. <laughs> Ours is better. Um, two, two more pages. Two more pages two more and, and, and yeah. no Craig Mason and the oh. sourest, grumpiest of men. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, okay. Uh, sort of uh, wrap up our thing with Michael. We're going to ask you the two questions that we always ask on the show. Uh, number one: Do you enjoy writing? Do I enjoy writing? Yeah. Do you enjoy writing? Oh, I love it. It's my it's my favorite thing to do other than uh, spending time with my family and spending time doing things that result in a family. <laughs> that's that's a that's a very Honest. diplomatic answer. Um, it's such a gentlemanly answer too. You're like, ah, oh. in the end, you're like a family man, <laughs> <laughs> but not. Um, and our second question, and this is where we separate the, uh, the men from them boys, uh, pantsing versus outlining. What say you, sir? Do you want to jump in for a minute, Kay, on the, the 
men men from boys uh Uh, no you know sometimes (laughs) i just let rob hang himself on these statements and i let people judge him and i'm just like you know what i don't need to help him yeah uh Um, from the boys Mm. so the question was uh pantsing or outlining yes so my my answer to that has evolved um i have i've always well i mean i was never really a pantser i was a uh thrash alone in your head for days and weeks at a time taking the occasional note and then when you can't take the pain anymore sit down and and then uh do a vomit draft um which isn't the best system um but it works um so i used to be a little bit more of a a pantser um and i and i think that for me it was important to be that way for many of the earlier years to the middle years of my career. Um, recently, as I'm trying to very intentionally make inroads into like career sustainability and only be a writer and filmmaker, um, I have gotten more into outlining, um, even to the point where like I kind of have to do it now to spin the plates adequately enough to keep moving forward. Um, and I'll also say like, you know, I just, in the last couple of years, I've switched from uh, video production um, as my uh, marketing video production as my income to copywriting. And over that time, I'm just, I'm writing so much uh, between scripts and like the occasional blog post or social, social thread. And then like my daily copywriting that like I've plugged into various systems and created various systems that basically amount to outlining and it it just allows me to ramp up faster so my answer is kind of like both uh but at least for now at least for now i would say that like i'm more often outlining for expediency's sake and to and in order to manage multiple projects or to take best advantage of my limited amount of RAM from day to day. I think, I don't know if we have a clear winner on that one, Kate Tuxford. I, no, I, we're going to call it a draw. Yeah, we're going to call I, that a draw. Although I, I would, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rile you up because we got to let my, poor Michael go um, <laughs> and go free. But I think, our, I think people can weigh in on, on what he's saying here and who the true winner is. Um, okay. All right. I'm, but I'm going to leave it to the people. Whatever. Um, Yes. The All right. People. Let's let's move on to what are we right, watching, consuming, rating. Um, I'll start it off, and then Mike, you can follow me. Um, I am watching Stranger Things and only Stranger Things. Um, I, I went back to the beginning, and I'm very glad I, I I did because it feels like I'm watching an entirely new show. Um, I, I think I've just forgotten a lot of the details from the first three seasons, um, but at the same time. I have seen uh, the first three seasons. Um, so I'm catching a lot of things that I missed the first time around. It's, it, it just feels like a new show almost. Um, but there are certain things that I have picked up from um, uh, just being a Stephen King fan. And of course, the Duffer Brothers are obviously giant Stephen King fans. Um, but I miss like the, the, in the first season, there's like a clown mobile around Eleven's uh, like a potential cradle. Um, like there was a 
Clown Mobile that was around there and it very much looked like Pennywise. But the other thing, the biggest thing that I noticed is that Stranger Things is not just a Stephen King referencing show. It's actually, it's actually a Dark Tower show. It is. And I have proof. Like in the first season, Eleven uh, meets the, the, I guess the mind player or whatever, like the, the main villain of the show. Like they, you hear the growling and stuff like that while she's um, spying on the Russian guy in the dark. That dark space is Todash space. Eleven is moving in Todash space. She can like move between like uh, dimensions and things like that. And she's in the dark. That's where the monsters live. That is Todash space. Is So I'm calling uh, Stranger Things directly into the Dark Tower canon. I'm, I'm not, I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's a thing. It's canon now. Too bad. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can, it's almost like a, an adjacent Dark Tower novel. I, I would That's just, how I feel about it. I would just like to say this is not unusual for Rob to go full Dark Tower on us in the middle of this. So yep. uh, to that I, I say, thank you, Sai. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for this palaver. Um, can, so, so I've also been watching, oh, oh boy, it's Michael's turn. Sorry, Michael, you go first. That's okay. Now, I, I mean, I see, I see the parallels. Just to, just to be honest, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Dark Tower fan. Um, I see the parallels. Um, so, it, it, the question is, what I'm watching, reading, consuming yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. oh. So, <laughs> I, my wife and I, with a two-year-old and creative careers and um, paying the rent, are often so very exhausted that like we don't put a lot of movies or TV shows on, or we're like way behind what people are watching because we just don't have the time. And also like, it can't, it feels like work sometimes. Right. Um, so I will be completely honest. And I have um, devolved over the years to the point where, where we do sometimes watch a lot of reality TV. Um, so I am currently watching, we just, we, we did finish Stranger Things and it was amazing. Um, so there's that. But right now, at the end of the day, we're kind of collapsing and watching like an old season of Married at First Sight. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, we're just kind of getting through that. And then like we have all these like great shows that like we watch that like Australian or American? American. What season? Can I ask? I don't I'm not sure. This is my um, my wife and I are guilty pleasure shows. Maybe so 11. Like, maybe cool. 11. Okay. Okay. Um, Bennett and Amelia are one of the couples. Oh yeah, yeah. so you're like in New Orleans at the beginning of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah. 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 Wow. Bennett and Amelia are pretty amazing to watch. They just like yeah, march they're great. To the beat of, march to the beat of their own drums. Yeah. 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 We kind of have crushes on both of them. Yeah. Um, and then I'm reading. I'm just finishing a book, nonfiction, called "The Art and Business of Online Writing," which is actually pretty excellent. Hmm. Um, and it's what it sounds like. Um, really smart guy doing cool stuff, learning a lot, uh, already seeing dividends from what I'm learning from that book. Um, and then I'm, I'm reworking my way th at night through Grant Morrison's Batman run Ooh. Uh, because I love it. Nice. That is good stuff. Nice. Kate Tuxbert, bring us home. 
I mean, this is this. I I also been Stranger Things and uh, have been up to date on Strange New Worlds. It's basically if it doesn't have strange in the title, I make no promises. Strange New caught, Worlds is 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 just so it's good. just next level. So, so good. good. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched. It. If, oh, it's if, so good. If you appreciate, it's a treat, it, sir. Yeah, if you appreciate it, kind of like the day to day personal ups and downs of like a Star Trek Next Generation you know, just characters, play, curiosity, a little bit of like a sociology and anthropology of discovering other planets and like cultures. Like it's very satisfying. See, for me, I feel like the best trek, like, you know, is very much in that thing, like where you want to be, like I wanted to be on the Starship Enterprise. I wanted to be on like Deep Space Nine. Like I wanted to be in the, those spaces, you know what I mean? Despite the fact that Deep Space Nine felt like it blew up like every week, like there was always a terrorist bomb. <laughs> You know, but I still wanted to like be in that culture. Like I wanted to be around those folks. And Strange New Worlds definitely feels like like I want to be on this ship. I want to I want to hang with them. You want to hang with them. Uh, that that Enterprise Bingo. I was like, I want to play Enterprise Bingo. I won't I won't tell you, but it's like it's a it's one of the episodes where they all have like a, things that you can do on the ship, and you have to do them in order to get like Bingo. And I was like, all of this sounds so much fun. Um, yeah, exactly. It does yeah. do that. So it's kind of like, kind of like Oroville has had as well. Like Oroville, in some ways, was kind of like um, uh, it felt that filled that niche uh, in between. Um, anyway, uh, Stranger Things, Strange New Worlds, Math season. I don't know whatever just started. So the wife is starting that too. So don't be ashamed. Uh, that has been my quarantine guilty pleasure, um, and I I'm admit it. So you're not alone. Um, and then, uh, blah, blah, blah. the only thing I'm doing right now is because I'm in pre-production on delivery, uh, is I lost an actor last week and I am on the hunt for another one. So if you happen to be a famous celebrity who wants to stunt cast for a day and you're listening to this show, call me. Okay. Um, because, uh, my investors are like, what are you going to get? What are you going to do for us? Um, and yeah, that's where I am right now. Uh, this week's resource is our guest. Uh, Michael is a talented Michael. filmmaker uh, who's done three feature films and numerous short films. I, I found most of his short films, I believe, on Vimeo, and there will be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and his short films are full of wonderful characters, and uh, all of his projects heavily feature his lovely wife, Rebecca. Uh, I will be linking all that in the show notes, and Give the, his projects a watch. Uh, I promise you, you'll come away a fan. Um, and you should come away a fan. You can say that now so that you can say that he were into him before he got famous. Like, you know, like when you were like, oh, I was into Sean Baker when he did Starlet. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that, but with Michael. So um, he's been a great guest and uh, it's been awesome having him on the show. So Thank you, resource of the week. Uh, that Thank is you. our show. Screenwriting from the Trenches can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, as well as KevinLMartin.com. And since we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars, whatever platform that you patronize, because Kate Toxford algorithms for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show. Email me at Rob at PerspectivalMofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at PerspectivalMofo. I am at K underscore Tux. Mike, 
You are what on uh, Twitter? At Michael DiBiazio. And that will also be linked on in the show notes. Uh, and these things, as well as my YouTube channel, where we have a digital series, How to Make a Movie for $1,000. We just shot the first episode of season two, uh, which should be coming up this week or sometime adjacent to this week. Uh, we'll all be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so. Now stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Thank you.